You're smart, you're motivated. You wanna do something big. You're on the verge of being a young boss and we're gonna help you get there. I'm your host, Isabel Garino. Welcome to the Young Boss Podcast, where youth is your power. Culture, 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 blah, 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 right? You hear it from every company, every startup. Everybody wants to talk about company culture. And guess what? I do too. (laughs) Because it's a real thing. And when it's executed properly, when your entire team has bought in, it can really change the game. This episode, we're going to talk about the importance of company culture, how I define it, build it, and most importantly, maintain it. So what is company culture and why is it even important? Well, building a strong culture is essential for the success of any business, and it really starts with defining your mission, your core values, and your work environment. There are a lot of different ways you can even define company culture. So let's start with definition number one. It's going to refer to the values, beliefs, and behaviors that determine how a company's employees and management interact, perform, and handle business transactions. Often company culture is implied and not expressed, you know, in a defined way. It develops organically over time from the cumulative traits of the people that the company hires, which means it can change. A company's culture will be reflected in the dress code, the business hours, the office setup, even your employee benefits and turnover. It will probably affect hiring decisions and the treatment of employees or clients and even client satisfaction, truly every aspect of operations. Now, another definition of company culture is saying that it refers to the shared values, beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes that characterize an organization. It's the way things are done within a company, and it encompasses everything from the company's mission and vision to the communication style, work environment, and employee interactions. A company's culture plays a significant role in shaping its identity, attracting and retaining talent, and influencing the success of the organization. Now, I think establishing your company culture is absolutely important, no matter how you want to define it, but it is something that's going to be continuous. It's not like you can say, this is what we are, and you'll just magically become that. It's kind of who you already are as a company, as a culture, and you are going to have the most influence as the boss. How do you dress? How do you show up? How do you speak? What's important to you? Your company culture is not only going to influence the way that you work and the clients you attract, it's also going to attract a certain type of employee to come work for you, right? Now, you are going to be the influencer in this situation. So whatever you deem is acceptable is going to be how people behave, right? They're going to copy you. Now, this can be a big, huge pro and it can be a big con. What I mean by that is this, company culture, right? I am one of those people who just works all day, works all night. I don't look at the clock while I'm working, right? As soon as I wake up, I start working and right before bed, I stop working. Like that's just how it goes. And as a young boss, I know you listening, you're probably like, yeah, me too. This is, this is the MO. This is the culture, right? But The reality is, is I started building a culture unbeknownst to me that all my employees were doing the exact same thing. And then I would hear about, you know, burnout and, oh, they don't have any work-life balance and all this stuff. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm not requiring you to work all day, all night. Like, why are you doing that? Well, I created that culture. 
It's not like I went into the office and said, everyone needs to keep up with my standard of operation of working hours. I literally was like, get your work done and I don't care when you work. But for them, when they saw what the boss was doing, they wanted to repeat it. So that's really important to note. Like you are setting the tone, especially in the beginning of a small business. You might be one of the only people who is in a leadership position and everybody under you is looking at you to set the tone. So you've got to be cautious. When we think about culture and creating culture, you might be influenced by other companies' cultures, right? Are you trying to mimic them? Do you want to have a ping pong table and beer in the office? Cause everybody else does right now, if that's the way you want to go about it, that's fine. But even a one person team has a culture. It's essential to be intentional about what you're building. Intention is an absolute must. It's a non-negotiable. Every move you make, every word you say, every event you attend, every breath you take. Okay. You get it. But, (laughs) but really everything you do is a direct reflection of you, your business and overall your company culture. Now, if you personally are found on mill or in Scottsdale every night or going out to your local bars every night of the week, slamming drinks and buying rounds, then that's going to be likely your company culture. And if it works for you, it works for you, but that's not going to work for everyone. You're going to attract a certain type of employee or independent contractor. If that's the culture you're curating, if the shoe fits, right? I mean, are you okay with leaving the office an absolute mess? Are you okay with not responding to people on the weekends? Are you okay with emailing people or calling people at 11 PM? If so, that's the culture you're building. It is what it is and to each their own, but that's one of the many beautiful things about being a young boss is you get to decide and more than likely the culture is just going to start to come about based on the way you operate. So being mindful of it is going to really help you set yourself apart and build a culture that's sustainable. It's kind of funny though, for entrepreneurs who start on their own, they don't realize what culture they built until they built it because they're going to start attracting like-mindedness because more than likely, if it's just you in the beginning, it's just you and how you operate, right? I have this one gal who owns her own business and the place is kept meticulously clean. She's the only one who works in there, but that's how she likes to run her business. Right. And I've got another friend who's a hairdresser who literally there's stuff all over the place and she's okay with it that way. She comes in and throws her keys around. Well, she hired someone and guess what that person does come in and throw their keys. And if that's okay with you, then that's okay. But you're building these habits, this, what isn't, isn't acceptable. So make it as authentic to you as possible. Now, personally for our business, right? We eat on zoom meetings, not with clients, but with each other. Right. And a new team member who came on, she was like, that is so unprofessional. You guys cannot eat on zoom meetings. And I was like, okay, but you have to realize like, If I don't eat on this meeting, I'm not going to eat at all, all day long. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to eat with you. So I don't have to eat on the next meeting with the client and I don't faint on the webinar later tonight. Right? So for them, they thought it was rude. Maybe it's not a culture fit for them. Let me lay it out for you. Simply. You're a young boss. You're an entrepreneur. You're a CEO. Here are your three jobs, three and only jobs. I should say people, culture and numbers, right? This is from a book, uh, the three things a CEO should do by Trey Taylor. And when he's saying that those are the only things you should focus on truly as a boss, they are. 
People are everything, whether that's your clients or your employees. It's so important that you're being mindful of them, that you're kind to them, that you're respecting them and that you're playing to them, right? People are everything when it comes to business. We wouldn't have many businesses without people, whether that's clients who want the product or employees who are willing to do the work to make your dream come to fruition. When it comes to numbers, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Okay. You have to make sure that you're turning a profit. You have to be in the black at some point, right? In, in your career, if you're not, you're probably not going to last very long. So as a CEO, that's your job. But the last one is culture. What we're talking about, you're curating it and you need to protect it. So when someone comes in to join your company and they're not a culture fit, you need to be quick to fire quick to fire, slow to hire, but quick to fire because it could literally disrupt everything else you have built and you have going. So it can be really awkward when you're trying to hire somebody and deciding if their core values fit your core values. Now, one way that I've been taught to find out what your core values are, are by reflecting on three people that you respect and admire. And then what qualities make them admirable? So when I'm in an interview, I'll say to someone, who are the three people you absolutely respect the most and why? And then they'll go down the list and they'll say my uncle, because you know, he was an addict and now he's sober and he created a business and his tenacity and his bravery and all, and I'm writing down those keywords, right? Tenacity, bravery. Okay. Okay. My mom, my mom, I respect my mom. She juggles a million things. She's an incredible multitasker and she always shows up with the best attitude. And so I'm like, good attitude, multitasking, right? That's how I'm pulling out what this person's core values are, because they're literally telling me that these are the things they respect in someone else. Usually the things you like in someone else are the things that you either want to be or you see in yourself. And so those are typically your core values because you're trying to be that person. So you should do this for your own self, for your own business to set your core values, but then you can use this tool in any of your interviews to determine what potentially a new employee's core values are going to be. Hey, future young bosses, if you're a sucker for valuable skills that will help you climb the career ladder and put you on your way to becoming a young boss, then you better subscribe right now and follow the Young Boss Podcast on Instagram or TikTok. Now back to business. So start thinking about what are the top qualities you look for or are attracted to when it comes to other professionals that you admire. For me, I love people who are timely, which is why I had to make efficiency one of my core values. For me, efficiency is everything, right? I love when I meet an efficient young boss and I love being efficient too. It's one of our core values. And when I look to hire someone, if they're not efficient, it's not going to be a good fit because I'm impatient. I want things done yesterday. And so if they're not done on the timeline I asked or before, right? I'm one of those like military people. You're late if you came five minutes laughter, right? That's kind of how I am with efficiency. If I ask for something to be done on Thursday, I want it on Tuesday, but I'm going to patiently wait until Thursday and it's going to be okay. But if you show it to me on Friday, I'm not happy, right? That's got to be one of my core values. And you're not going to be a good fit working for me if you aren't that same way. And I can tell if somebody's this way in life, right? Because if I text them and they respond to me like a week later, oh, sorry, just getting to it now. You're probably not a very efficient person. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I'm not going to hire you. 
right? I have to know what's important to me. When I see it in other people, I can say, I love that. Don't love that. That works for me. That doesn't work for me. So you need to pull out like a list of adjectives, right? Or start looking at other bosses that you love. And when you're going through these lists, at first you're going to be like, yes, I am all of them, right? I am flexible. I'm fun. I'm professional. I'm communicative. And you're going to think the business is the whole gambit because you want to be the whole gambit. Like these are positive positive attributes, right? But I really want you to think about it. If you're saying diversity is one of your core values, my question is, is diversity just as important to you as having a fun attitude? Would you fire someone for not being diverse? Well, would you fire someone for having a shitty attitude every day? So you need to really look at these core values and then say, which ones am I willing to literally fire someone over? For me, if someone is not efficient, I will fire you. It will not work. I'm going to be fed up with you. And then you're not going to like working for me because I'm going to have an attitude with you every day because you're not doing what I'm asking you to do. So I know that's something I'm willing to fire someone over. So look through those adjectives, narrow down to the list and find your top like three to five, and then prioritize them based on your goals and how you want the business to feel. These things should be coming naturally to you. They should be things that when people don't have, you're like, yeah, not for me. Like it's, it shouldn't be difficult to determine your core values. They're not there to impress anyone else. They're there to help guide you into your truth, to guide you into knowing what kind of business and manager and boss you want to be, how you want your employees and your clients to feel. So our core values are efficiency, duh, commitment, creativity, quality, and having a fun attitude. And I'm literally willing to fire people over all of those. If you are not committed to me and our company and our team and building this business and positively impacting 10 million people through residential assisted living, it's not going to work. When I say creativity, I'm not saying that you have to be like an artist. I'm saying, I want you to have growth mindset. I want you to start thinking, how can I make it work? And when I say quality, it's all about showing up with your best foot forward, bringing quality work, bringing quality action, right? Being a quality person. And then fun attitude. This is one that we kept. um, It was one of my dad's core values and we kept it in our core values when we kind of revamped them a little bit. We said having a fun attitude and gratitude, because if you're going to show up every day with a bad attitude, I don't want you to work for me. Get out of here. Go work for somebody else who doesn't care and doesn't have that on their core values. For us, it's there and it matters and I'll fire you over it. (laughs) Here are some tips for creating your culture. First, you need to define your mission statement. What values and beliefs are important to you and your company? And how will those pillars guide your culture? What do you want your reputation as an employer to be? Next, you need to observe your team. How does your team interact with each other, with clients? How do they communicate, dress, behave? What's the vibe, right? This gives you insight to the culture that already exists in your company. Next, you could conduct surveys. This will help you gather feedback from your team on what they think the core values and beliefs in your company are. It may be different than what you intended, right? Like I talked about when everyone was working crazy hours and not having any work-life balance, I had accidentally created that culture and I had to really quickly be like, that's not what I want. That's not the type of company I want to build. And I had to backtrack, right? Next, you can analyze your business practices, review how decisions are made, how conflicts are resolved and how you motivate and reward employees. These practices will give you an idea of the values that your company upholds. 
I would also look at your physical environment. Observe how your office is designed, decorated, and maintained. The physical environment has a big impact on the culture of your company. If you're willing to just throw papers on the shelf, then everybody else is going to do it too. So until you hire a type A person who comes in and is like, oh my gosh, I can't stand being here. This place is a mess. You're probably just going to let that keep going on and on and on. And so it's important to really set the tone for not only who you are, but what you want it to be, even in the physical environment. Once you know your mission and your core values, you can then really determine your culture. Are you guys family oriented? Are you fast paced? You know, how do you speak to your team members and clients? Do you speak to them very casually or are you pretty professional? Are you allowed to cuss at work? Do you put smiley faces and emojis in your emails? Those things all matter. It's vital to ask yourself those questions, to ask questions about your work environment and the relationships between team members and clients. Culture is not just about the work, but also about how team members relate to each other in and out of the office. Your business can be the field of dreams if you build it and maintain it. They will come because you're going to start attracting a specific type of person. Once you've built a strong culture, it's essential to maintain it. Here are a few ways that I maintain company culture. Okay, number one, leading by example. It's kind of a no-brainer. Two, regularly communicating and reinforcing the culture. We read our core values every single Monday. I know it might seem overkill, but I want to remind the team that this is what I'm looking for in them. And when I shout them out, I'm usually shouting them out using one of the core values. Like, oh my God, what quality work you have, or I'm so proud of you for having a fun attitude during that shitty client experience, like all those different things. I'm going to always bring us back to whatever that core value that they were showcasing was. Number three, hire for culture fit. If you hire somebody and they're not the right fit, it's not going to work. Number four, provide ongoing training and development. This is going to help you maintain stuff. It can't be something you talked about in the beginning and you never reinforce. Ongoing training and development and conversation and communication about these core values and culture is going to help. Last but not least, solicit feedback and make adjustments. As you bring on new people to your team, especially if they are also in a leadership role, it's going to adjust the culture. It's vital to have culture interviews to ensure that the new hires fit in. Let's be real. You don't want to waste your time hiring and firing somebody. And I'm almost sure that the new hire doesn't want to come on just to be fired a couple weeks later, right? People who don't fit into the culture can negatively impact the team's dynamics, productivity. They impact the communication and the motivation of the team, the ability to adapt, all of which leads to increased turnover. And depending on your business, onboarding and training can be expensive. So how do we avoid this situation for everybody? Discuss your culture interviews and culture checks. How did they go? Are you introducing the potential new hire to your people? You probably should. Is there a specific activity or things that you do during the interview process? Doing team interviews could be a way that you can really suss out if someone is or isn't a culture fit. But if you're going to do team interviews, I highly suggest you give the absolute no rule, right? Which means that everyone on your team is allowed to say, absolutely no. Now, 
they can use this as many times as they want. And most people will never use it. But if someone uses it, they're basically not just saying, oh my God, I hate this person. It's pretty much based on culture. And we're trying to say it's an absolute no. Like I promise this is not the right fit. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't sound right. Like it's not going to work with us. It's okay. If someone doesn't fit your culture, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means that they're not a right fit for the job. And that's okay because that means they are a right fit for somebody else's job. There's something for everybody. In today's society, there's a lot of remote work happening. And it can be very challenging to build culture in a remote work environment. I mean, most of my team members, they're all the way across the country. And I don't really know what they're doing on a day-to-day basis or what their office looks like and how they're speaking to people. But what I can control is when they're speaking to me and when they're speaking to clients. And that's what I can look into and say this is or isn't a fit. When we're communicating on a tool like Asana or Monday, right? A lot of people use these different communication tools. If there's someone who's pinging me every five seconds to get something done, that's not going to fit with my culture, right? My team is very much like, tell me what you need. Tell me the date you need it done by and leave me alone. If I have questions, I'll come back to you. So when you have a work from home culture, you have to make sure that somebody comes into that and they get it and they understand it. When, when I have someone come in, who's trying to be their leader, who then pings them every five minutes, it's not going to work, right? You have to make sure that they're fitting how you guys do things. Now, there are a lot of ways that you can maintain culture, like regular virtual team building activities. We've done happy hours and fun things like having comedians come and, and different stuff like that. I have a girlfriend who was an office assistant for a tech company. And she used to every Friday have to have like a happy hour and she would get the most incredible, incredible guests. She would have astrologists and, uh, palm reading people come in. She would have comedians and all sorts of different fun things. She would ship boxes of wine and cheese and crackers to people's houses. And they built all their little charcuterie boards together and had their wine. And it like, it was really cute. So there's a lot of different fun things that you can do. Digital communication tools, updating your tech stack can be really helpful to make sure that not only are you guys communicating efficiently, but also in a timely manner and then emphasizing and supporting flexibility and work-life balance. I learned this one the hard way. So take it from me. You need to make sure that your people are having a chance to take a break, to relax, especially with work from home, because now there's no difference between your work life and your home life, right? It's really hard to separate it. When I was a flight attendant and I walked off the airplane, work was over, work was done. Like I didn't have to think about it anymore. And those clients are only with me for X amount of time. And as soon as they're gone, I may never see them again. Well, now in my business, I'm working from home. And so I wake up and do it. In the middle of the day, I do it. And later again, I do it. And I can't stop doing it, right? Work-life balance is really, really tough. So having those regular check-ins with employees and even their family just saying like, how's everything going? I heard it was so-and-so's birthday or it was your guys' anniversary. Did you go celebrate? And if they didn't, encourage them to. Consistent communication of company values is always going to help reintroduce and reinvigorate their commitment to staying a part of the company culture. 
There are many ways to maintain culture without having your whole team in the same office every single day. So remember, company culture has a lot to do with how you communicate with people through the tone of your email greeting all the way to your vibe on the Zoom call, right? It's vital to remember that email and written communication tools have their drawbacks. Like sometimes it's hard to pick up the tone of what an email was written in. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's all love, right? It's all good. Take a deep breath. Focus on the goal at hand. If you work somewhere with a great company culture, chances are the email you thought was a bit shitty actually wasn't. So remember, I I always like to say this, what was their intent of sending this, right? The impact might not have been what they thought it was going to be, but what was their intent? Was their intent just to speed it up because they're saying, hey, I'm waiting on this thing from you so I can go do this thing? Or was their intent to really be like, you're the freaking worst boss ever? Like if that was their intent, okay, take it for what it was. But if it's not, make sure that their impact isn't affecting you from seeing what their true intent was. The ultimate goal is to make sure everyone in the rowboat is rowing at the same time in the same direction with the same objective in mind. One of my business coaches always gives us that example. He said, when you watch the Olympics and you see the guys rowing and the team that's in second place, literally their hands are off by like just tiny half a quarter, barely a little inch, right? It's not like their hands are this far off. They're off by that much. And that's what matters, right? If we're all rowing exactly the same in the same time, in the same direction, That's how we're going to create that cultivated culture and mindset. And everyone's going to be happier in the long run. When we think about the importance of company culture, I know it's a buzzword. I know everybody's been talking about it, but really you should develop an approachable and comfortable culture and it will be imperative to your success, right? It can be the culmination of shared values, beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes that characterize an organization, business, or individual. You impact this culture more than you realize. Company culture influences everything from your company's mission and vision to its communication style, work environment, and employee interactions. Even a one-person team has a company culture. Don't forget My favorite way to begin the company culture discovery process is by reflecting on three people you respect and admire and the qualities that make them admirable. Remember to always lead by example, regularly communicate and reinforce culture, hire for culture, provide ongoing training and development, solicit feedback and make adjustments, celebrate your wins, those of your team, both personally and professionally, and of course, Remember, your culture is a direct reflection of your business and well, you, you are the young boss and you're the one in charge. So culture is really based on who you are and how you show up. So don't forget it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Boss Podcast with me, Isabel Garino. Be sure to like, share, and follow on Instagram and TikTok. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and let us know if you think company culture is a whole bunch of baloney or if you love to create it and curate it in your business. I'll see you next time. Remember, youth is your power.